When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. Well, I can't recall a Hi time there, when I'm Glenn Savile, so and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. I'm going to do that every five, five minutes. <laughs> This meeting is being recorded. Oh man, back to the old fashioned. You buffoon. We are we are a low budget podcast today, everybody. What's up? Welcome to episode number one hundred and forty of the Always Raised Day Podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Caleb Slohot, Damon Hogewald, uh, and Joshua Olmstead. Ton of stuff uh, going on with if you guys uh, know about Cyclone Fanatic, uh, that's where I work. Uh, that is where uh, our website owner or publisher, whatever you know, name you want to attach to him, Chris Williams. Uh, that's his website, obviously. Uh, and we have a lot of stuff going on between uh, people moving roles um, and conference realignment, everything uh, leading up to football season and media days Friday for Iowa State stuff. So I'll be out there. Uh, and then in 10 days, the Knoxville National starts. It's like the most... I wouldn't even say maddening, but like from an outsider's perspective, like people don't understand the amount of stuff I do for those 10 days. And it's, it's overwhelming, but we're back uh, tonight, day late uh, for the podcast uh, to talk racing, obviously. But first I want to thank the people over at the Carl Auto Group for making this possible. Um, give them a thanks uh, anytime during uh, our Knoxville Nationals coverage to show them uh, that you guys like us and like what we do and appreciate their support for uh, what they give to us. So, um, Damon, why are you looking at the screen like that? I kind of want to clip that. I'm not paying attention to you. We can I, use it as a thumbnail for like, Damon's said, really upset about something. Yeah, I said I appreciate the support the auto, auto group gives to us and Damon goes, what? Or the photo of him that we, the iconic photo that we talked about in the group chat with Damon in the background. <laughs> That's a great post. We need to use that picture and then say like, like when you buy your car from Carl Auto. <laughs> Put some stuff together. I'm excited. Um, with Caleb sent us some prototype stuff of what he's working on. He's talented as hell. You guys are gonna love it. Wow, it's average. It's, it's nice, very average. average at best. <laughs> it is very average. Like I, I ain't even gonna front it. Like it's not. No, don't don't underhype yourself. It'll be. You guys are gonna like what we do. Um, and we're not. Obviously, we're together to uh, make this thing better, and it's gonna be sweet. Um, I can't promise better podcast intros though. It's always gonna be like that. We're just. I'm, we're we've done too many. That's just who we are now. So. No, that's who you are. Don't put us into this. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Well, why don't you get on Caleb for being unprofessional during the intro today, David? Well, that I can't control Caleb's if, mute button. If I would have like known we were starting to record, that oh, would be fine. Different. 
I pushed the button, I pushed the button at an inconspicuous time. That was not not my not my best call. Uh, but no, I damn fun weekend uh, and weekends coming up in the racing world. Um, and I want to touch on last week, and we'll kind of talk potential and stuff like that with everything that's going on. But uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. ends up uh, winning the Prairie Dirt Classic uh, after his. It's like 22 laps to go in the race. He was leading and his engine shut off basically. Um, and he got it back fired and back going and he was kind of third, fourth ish area. And they sent him back to sixth. Um, and he ends up passing everyone in like six and a half laps and goes on to win. Uh, the PDC beats the, uh, hometown favorite. I I'd call him a hometown favorite. Some people are like, he's never won a PDC, so he can't be the favorite. I totally get that thinking. I'm going to use it next week when we talk Brian Brown at Knoxville. Um, but ends up beating, uh, Bobby Pierce and those four heavy hitters in the late model world continue to deliver. And they kind of just trade off on who's going on the hottest hot streak. Yeah. Um, I, I was sitting reading through some stuff today and we talked on here not too long ago about how, how good of a season Bobby Pierce is having. I don't think we've talked enough about how silently good RTJ has been this year. Like he has been, he's won a lot of races in a short amount of time. He hasn't won the big races that Bobby has per se, but there's a start right there. You win the, you win the PDC and I mean, we're not that far removed of RTJ stepping into late models for really the first time at a full-time level as well. Yeah, and I think he, he keeps teasing people saying he wants to race a sprint car. I can't, I can't tell if it's fake or not because it, it, every week I see a new tweet about, is RTJ going to hop in a sprint car? Well, And I'm just like, did we ask that question the last 17 weeks? So it feels like Tuesday or Wednesday every week. It just pops up again. I love to see it. I'd love to see more lay model guys try it. Um, I think the sport is safer than some in that area of the sport kind of think. Um, like obviously, yeah, it, it's cool to see crossovers and stuff like that, and talented guys uh, kind of see what they can do in uh, different vehicles. And maybe you'll get a Shane Van Gisbergen or something like that. So uh, hopefully someday. But he's had a tremendous uh, season so far. Hundred grand. That's says- so, oh, sorry, 100 grand in Norfolk and uh, 50 for the PDC, and, and we'll talk the pay structure for that in a sec. Go ahead, Caleb. I was just going to kind of agree with Damon. Like, I feel like we've, I mean, we've talked about him a little bit, but I mean, we've all been kind of like, oh, yeah, he's having a good season. But I mean, it's one of those things where he's kind of still been underrated almost. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's the like, it's Matt Thomas at Iowa State, like quietly hitting 17 points. Like you just don't. <clears throat> so you start you start bringing other sports in, and now you lose me. How did I think? Okay. I think for me, I think for me, if I were to like rank your, you know, your top five, whatever, right now, as far as late model drivers go, it's gonna be hard to not put rtj at the top of the list for me right now i know bobby's had a good run and he you know dominates that summer stretch like we talked about but i mean this has been a season-long effort for ricky thornton and that crew yeah and this is like late model racing i get eldora i get it special i get what they're trying to do with the whole 
dirt track world championship thing and moving it there and what they want want that race to be i don't know if i love their style of a playoff format or what they're doing um with that uh now that i've kind of seen it in person it looks the exact same and you're just going to give the top four lucas drivers at the end of the year a shot at big money which i don't know if is what we really wanted for the sport if we're gonna say we want something like that but get a crown like the I, the pdc is huge i didn't realize it. it's base. it feels like golf's fifth major that that biggest event that isn't a crown jewel because all the crown jewels in late model land are at eldora and not like no disrespect to the pdc and it's like leverage or anything but like if you're going to tell me like there's other crown jewels too they all kind of feel the same level as pdc if they pay 50 or above um and beyond that there's not a lot to differentiate on besides atmosphere did you know do you guys know they like drive the winning lay model at pdc like across the street to the bank and he like collects his money yes that like that when larson when larson won it two years ago they did that i didn't even i thought it was new this year uh no i think they they did that not too long ago because i'm pretty sure that I know I saw RTJ's photos of him doing it, which was pretty cool, but I'm pretty sure Davenport did it last year and Larson did it the year before, if I'm not mistaken. I could be I could be wrong on that. that and that stuff is cool. Like that that differentiates you from the rest. And I just don't think some of these events like have that stuff. And please please spare me on your topless 100 BS. You just take the tops of the cars and make them a little less safer and they look stupid. I hate that tradition. I don't know why. I I've never been able to get behind it, but we'll probably talk about that when it comes around. Um, did you? So Bobby finished second. I'm not actually 100% sure what second paid, but he won $33,000 on laps led money. So every lap you got $500 for leading that lap. Do you guys like that? Uh, I guess. Um, award system or would you like the more standard like the winner gets 100 the second place car gets 50 the third place gets 25 whatever i think it incentivizes being out front i think it you know it gives people or gives guys a reason to want to race early on you know sometimes we see a lot especially these longer late model features we see them kind of just ride it around for the first half of the race and then then it's time to go to work for the second half i think it incentivizes guys to run uh hard through the entire feature which is what fans pay to go see caleb caleb you're kind of frozen no, he's 100% frozen. Yeah, only when he tries to talk is he freezing. Oh, he's just frozen completely for okay, me. Okay, I was glad now, that now was we got you. Uh, it, mine's kind of weird, too. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> All right, no, good, I good I, stuff, Lou. So they don't call Mine's the being really glitchy for too, nothing. So. Mine's being like super, super glitchy and stuff. I like, but um, yeah. So I, I'll say I kind of see it both ways, and I kind of agree with both ways. Like I like the incentive of you know getting paid to lead laps because then you know if 
it's almost like that, that scenario in like NASCAR where, you know, if you lead stage one and you lead stage two, but then you have an issue, you still get something for your day where if, you know, you led most of the race and then have an issue or get taken out or something, you still kind of get something for, you know, being good. Um, but ultimately like, you're there to do one thing and you're there to win the race. So like, that's where I think the bulk of the award should come from. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that. Um, a little bit like, I don't, I don't hate the 500 a lot. I just think it looks sexier with a hundred thousand to start. And also like start, I liked how they marketed start money. I, I think they said at a ton that is 3000 to start on the broadcast from the parts that I got to see and got to listen to, um, and watch live. It was marketed pretty well. And I think we need to kind of move to that indoor racing to incentivize people to come out to these races. I know. So like that, that XR race that, uh, Ricky won, um, I think there's 26, 28 or 29 cars there. Um, something like that, the low number 26 or so for a hundred thousand dollars to win race. Uh, it was the lowest car, lowest car count I've ever seen for a six digit payday. Um, and obviously, you know, the top guys have the best shot at it and maybe the only shot, but where was that at? Uh, it was Norfolk, Nebraska. It's not like it was at your a massive place. Uh, you just kind of thought in like Bobby's guys said that they probably would have had more cars if they did it a day or two earlier coming off of the silver dollar nationals at Houston's and it's only like an hour and a half for two hours from Houston's. So not really that bad of a drive at all. So I'm not sure. Especially when everybody is, especially when everybody's heading East though, I think that's the hardest part. Like they said, if you move it a couple days earlier, you're tailing, you're tailing the run at Houston. So now you have that opportunity to, to get more guys, but when everybody's headed East, uh, all series, I think Lucas was headed East. You had the outlaws headed East. Everybody was headed out back East. So it kind of took away from it, especially when you're having a late to midweek race like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, a ton of uh, stuff coming on late model side. Uh, we'll be out at Boone on Tuesday night uh, for the Hawkeye 50. Do you guys think we should change that to the Cyclone 50? Should we commission Cyclone fans to protest? I would be okay. Caleb, Caleb, you can't be an Iowa fan on this show. I'm just letting you know. I don't think we're going to get a comment from Caleb on this either. Like, no, probably not. This computer is going to be the death of me tonight. That's <laughs> right. I was, I was interested in what I, people actually I, had to say because so I've never heard him say anything college football-wise. No, I don't actually care that much. But, um, yeah, no, I, like, hit the unmute button, and it took, like, five seconds to unmute. It, like, I don't know what the deal is tonight. You're operating on like the seven McDonald's Wi-Fi. It's like a seven second delay. But when it comes through, it's coming through. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Don't move your computer suddenly or move yourself very suddenly either. Yeah, just do that the rest of the show. If you're watching on YouTube, you're gonna have probably nightmares at least, but that's not our fault. (laughs) It's your decision. Um, now the, uh, Knoxville nationals are coming out. Rico Abreu wins, uh, the all-star circuit of champions. 
uh, race in Knoxville on Saturday. I was told, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told he was running a Jacob's Ladder that uh, isn't allowed in World of Outlaws competition. They, their rules sanctioning uh, is what supersedes the Knoxville Nationals. Um, so I'm interested to see if that changes how fast that car can be. Um, but Rico was on rails in Knoxville. Like no one was catching him Saturday night. Uh, and it, as the track gets closer to that date, it looks more like the track you're going to see. Um, still, I don't even want to say it was that different because um, it's going to be different every night on a dirt track, right? But it's uh, still like not as pristine as you as you'd think it would be uh during nationals night i know we had that night where it uh was bad uh last year during that prelim but um really impressive performance nonetheless uh from rico on saturday uh to get the win uh the way he did um and everything that happened with that justin henderson on the podium too that's big for big for him they've been trying to get settled and comfortable in that car all season um, 360 Nationals to uh, close out this week. Uh, and we'll do a big preview episode for the Knoxville Nationals and everything that goes into it. I was curious who you guys are tabbed as uh, your big names for the 360 Nationals. Aaron Reitzel. Yeah, I saw a stat. I think his finishes in like the last six are like. That's, he just stole the. He stole my guy. Yeah, it's like two, two, three, two, two, one, or something like that. I mean, no one's gonna. Stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. Yeah, stats don't lie. That he is good right now, with a capital G. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so for I don't know if we're officially doing a competition on this, but I'll just take Chase Randall, be the team guy. No, we, we can't because we have to give me some sort of heads up before we do that. Yeah, no, I didn't plan on doing it. <laughs> we can't. I should just Caleb start giving, I should just start sliding like midfield guys to Caleb and have him come on here and parade them around and just be like, this guy <laughs> is going to be so good this weekend. You guys have no idea. Cool. Well, I'm such a your fault. I'm. I'm such a stat nerd too that like when I make picks like that, I I, have, I like to sit down and like deeply analyze before I make. So at the end of the day, like you would figure that out before we got on. I'd just waste 20 minutes for you, and you'd find a different guy. Yeah, then you'd be shocked like, at the jumped ahead of you to pick Reitzel. Pretty much. I mean, that's the guy that comes to my mind anyway. So like that's. Cause didn't I pick him last time when we were picking so. stuff? Yeah. Um, sorry about that. I thought Caleb was frozen again, but we're all good. Um, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're you're all good. I'm looking up the uh, entry list right now. I closed out of the tab for some reason because um, I'm smart like that. Uh, I would beg to differ. That's fair. You can do that. I think I rest my case, though. I'm not not against that. Um, do do do. Okay, I don't have a number on the entries, but we I, Carson McCarl is going to make uh, his return uh, back to a car. Hold on. Lots lots of cars. Well, it's listed as the 27. He's been the sixth this year. I'm kind of. Wondering what that means. 
Good question. Well, guys, I will text him and ask him, uh, and we'll have an answer by the next episode of the podcast. That's I'm going to throw somebody else in there. I'm going to throw somebody else in there to watch for this 360 deal too. Garrett Williamson. He's been hot lately. And that night that they ran, I know it was it was been a couple months now, but when the outlaws were in town and he he goes and wins that 360 race that night, puts it on the podium in the 410 race. Um he's he's on one for right for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and then Obviously, Rico uh, is coming to the. Is Rico racing the 360 Nationals? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Sorry. He's below Cade Higday here. Uh, he's coming to 360 Nationals instead of going to Peavley uh, with the World of Outlaws. It's always interesting um, seeing the guys that will go down there um, to Peavley instead of racing the 360 Nationals. Um, and a lot of it, like they'll tell you, it's to get more laps at Knoxville. And then it kind of feels like the next year they just don't do that. Like Kyle Larson has not entered the 360 Nationals this year. He came to him last year. I think he ended up finishing sixth or seventh. I think a lot of it too has to do with, you know, freshening of motors and if you have one available and or easy enough to rent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking at the entry list, some other big names coming. Uh, Shane Golubic, uh coming out from California. Finally, been giving him shit for a while. He needs to get out here more. Uh, Casey Kane is going to be down racing down there. We're going to have ourselves a Casey Kane Friday because uh, he's racing on Friday night. So that'll be fun to see. Parker Price Miller also Friday guy. Uh, all the Brown. I, I'm kind of curious that you know Brown's going to go ahead and run that. Obviously, being the local guy, it's not a big surprise, but also you have a outlaw race at Peavley where he's not too terrible there either. I always thought – I I just think, like, with his sponsors and stuff, they want him in Knoxville. I'm sure they do. So, yeah, like, I don't – sure they do. Yeah, I never thought – and I didn't realize he was right under Shango. I'm sensing – I don't know what it is about they do the spot. Still, it's not a crazy They do sponsor. still have um, – they do still have a TBA under the 7BC. Do we know who's stepping into that car? Uh, I don't think we do, but Macri running it this weekend uh, would certainly point to him. Right. So I think it would be Anthony. Um, but who knows on, on that deal who they're going to put in it. Uh, Darren Pittman will be in the Guy Forbrook car. I forgot about that one. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see. Um Still don't have anyone for the Alex Bowman entry for the actual Knox, the 410 Knoxville Nationals. Um, so I'm curious to see that. I've been campaigning for Jake Swanson. Uh, I'll let you guys know if that comes to fruition. Yeah. I'd be all right. I, I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I guess that'd be fine. That'd be fine. He's still getting his feet wet into wing racing in general, but like it sucks that that rain out happened for Highland and he wasn't able to race over there but you know how it goes um a couple other guys justin henderson austin mccarl uh obviously we touched on rico they're all thursday night as is chase randall aaron reitzel um ryan thames as well and uh our guy jamie ball so uh, and sammy swindell uh mm -hmm. 
tons of tons of big names um racing in Knoxville for the 360 nationals and usually it's a pretty fun and quick show um anytime they're going on I I sometimes I race fan for a night um during the 360 nationals uh one of the prelim nights because I know kind of how it's going to be and uh, they do really well with that format and, and how they put it on and everything like that. So if you're not going to Ironman 55, get down to Knoxville, go to the 360 Nationals, spend 10 days at the coolest racetrack on the planet. We'll have a day. All right. We got NASCAR to talk about. Christopher Butcher. Who the hell's that? <laughs> this guy. He's, he's from a town of 30,000. Did you know that? Okay, I do. There's a NASCAR chasm tweeted the famous people that have come from that exact town, and it's that's nuts. The town is smaller than the size of the crowd at the Knoxville Nationals, and they've put it like seven yeah, NFL guys. Just, it's always nice when I notice things on the broadcasts, and I'm like, God, that was really weird. But then, like, I get on Twitter and I see multiple people like making fun of Rick Allen, and I was like, okay, so I'm not the I mean, only one. That one was bad. I mean, it was not. It didn't make no sense. No. Like, it, it was just weird. Wait, what are you guys talking about? Because I watched this at a country club without very much sound. So, so Rick, go, look, go listen to the last lap because Rick Allen's call to the checkered was, Christopher Busher from a city of 30,000 people is going to win at Richmond. Like, it, it just made no sense. Like, it was the most random stat to ever be pulled out. Like, okay, so the stat is right. Well, yeah, but okay. like, all right. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought that I was gonna have to do some. What's the connection? I, I guess yeah, I, I no like the timing of it was terrible. It was horrible. Damon, you say that as a, as a guy that watches dirt racing a ton and how much they focus on your hometown or where your shop is currently located. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. He led for the last like I don't know forty laps or whatever right. it was. You have 40 laps to throw in a paragraph that he threw in for two turns in the last lap of the race. Like, well, and here's the thing, too. It wasn't even – it's not like, oh, he's from a town of 200. Like, 30,000 is a decent-sized town. Like, It's also not the first win that Chris Buescher has ever had. Yeah, it's like, also not a race in the state of Texas. Like, nothing made sense when this was actually – when it was actually broadcast. Like, I, this is my biggest gripes with Rick Allen. I, he doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> that's 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 really that's my thing too but yeah it was so funny like here here he comes up turn four he's from a town that's really not that small but it's not that big congrats <laughs> like, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing i'd ever heard and i'm i mean i would like to say i have a pretty fair shake to say something like that because that's what i've done most of my life is broadcast on a play-by-play -play side and i think Listening to Rick Allen say that was probably the weirdest moments in all of racing history to put some random stat. 40 laps. You had 40 laps to say it, and you waited till the last two turns. I don't even know why you would need to say it in the fourth. Like, it, it just didn't make it any sense. What's the importance of it? There's nothing. Yeah. It wasn't the like first you, famous person to come out of that town either. If he was from like downtown New York City, maybe. If he was from a town where 
you know, they, literally they have 20 people living there. Like I could see it, but it, it makes it, a hell of a lot more sense. If if Denny Denny Hamlin wins that race, right? Because he's from Virginia, yeah. so it makes a little bit more sense. We can talk about the town where Denny's from, but why the hell are we talking about a guy who lives in Texas? On I was wait, I was waiting for I was waiting for Denny to win and just have him take the microphone afterwards and say "suck it, Kyle" and just walk up. Not that not that he would do that or not that it's that spiteful or anything like that, but. I didn't see. So apparently they talked. I didn't see what Larson had said about that, but I I saw the little snippet saying that it was like a good conversation. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have to test something out here because so my dad and I are drinking poolside Sunday, and God, here we go. You don't have to do that. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, he comes out. He's like, "Did you hear what what Kyle said about about Denny?" And I'm like, "What? What, Dad? Like, what? What?" I don't know. Like I saw something from his thing today and he goes, no, no, no. They, they talked to Larson and he said like, well, Denny's pissed off this Hendrick guy and, and this Hendrick guy, and he named the other three. And then he said he, he better not piss off the fourth Hendrick driver or something like that. And I didn't know if Dave got that from like a Dave Moody rant or what NASCAR Sirius XM show was talking about it, um, nor how accurate the quote was. I haven't gotten a chance to look it up yet. So I didn't know if you guys heard that quote or anything. Oh, great. No, I, my dad's my dad's going to look crazier than Chris Hassel's dad on here. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't get a ton of follow up on that. I mean, mainly like I, I watched the race yesterday um didn't get a chance to watch xfinity um watch the very end of trucks um but i yeah so i haven't followed along a ton but um i, I the speed that rfk had is weird because they some weeks on the schedule very randomly they run in the top five and some weeks they can't get into the top 30 and it's okay jeez no he's right no 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 not, not he top completely, 30 he's completely right here to steal the i say like top 20 <laughs> there's there's some races that they struggle now here's what i will say on the flip side of that though i feel like the top 25 is so tight anymore that it it's very easy for any of the teams i mean we've seen some of the hendrick guys some of the penske guys show up to the track and run 25th yeah so, top, 20, top 25 means so much more than top 30 in nascar yeah so i see exactly what you're saying caleb and that that that's some stat pulling that i would pull for you you guys know who in like the mid 2010s to say that no he's look at how the many top 30s he's got He's not that bad, but yeah, it's just it's just funny how that that team just sometimes can just randomly show up and be like, they they don't just like get into the top ten, top five, and then like have things go their way. Like both Brad and Chris like fucking went up there and you know were super fast. So it's it's good to see that team kind of you know come back and and show glimpses of you know starting to be a, a top running team again i will think? say i will say you know yes they have struggle some moments to get up there 
But both Brad and Chris have nine top tens this year. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. I mean, if you would have just told me that, like, context aside, I'd never believe you. Which is, I think you're trying to get me to react to something that's. I mean, it's more than Ross. Situations. It's more than Ross Chastain. It is more than Ross. Ross has season, man. They they've put together a good year. Ross has eight. It's the same number as Reddick. They, I mean, when when Brad went there, so, I mean, I was a Brad Kozlowski fan for years. And, I mean, I still like to see him do well, but I'm not, like, a super fan as much anymore. But when he went there, I was like, oofta, like, this is going to be bad. And I, I had some decent confidence in Brad's ability to turn that team around but I didn't think it was going to be this quickly that they would start hitting stuff off. And it definitely could be a big help to, you know, the next gen car and how tight the, the competition has gotten. Um, but it's just, it's really, they, they've gotten there a lot quicker than I thought they were going to. I think going off that though, is Brad's truck team, right? Like it got off the ground and it was a contender right away as well like not not year one per se but i mean they they got some big wins early in its existence so um this this kind of has a little bit of similarity to that and that's why i'm not super surprised at the results that they're having right now yeah they were in a bad spot but i think i think just the brad what brad brings to the table is is a whole difference maker for this entire organization and that, those were my thoughts too. Was the I thought about the truck series deal. It's just hard because I mean the difference between being good in a truck and you know being good in cup is is insane, especially with how many different parts you have and and all that stuff. But yeah, it, it make a good point because Brad started that team and I mean they did struggle at first, like most new coming teams. But it wasn't very long until they were you know competing for wins almost every week. And every person who's drove a Brad truck has made it to the Cup Series. Yep. Yeah, even the that wall we were looking at at Iowa Speedway with all the photos of the old drivers and how many of those were Brad Keselowski trucks. That, like Ryan Blaney in Victory Lane and probably a number twenty nine like blue, blue and yellow kind of Ford truck. It was well, Blaney's Ford was a Dodge. Blaney's was a dodge, that dodge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would like I would like to point out that uh, we don't slander Austin Terrio here either. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who the hell was gonna do that? <laughs> I'm not letting you just say that. Who was going to do that? I mean, he was the one guy that didn't make it out of that team. Do we got to yeah, bring up Dylan Kwasniewski too? Was he the one with the royal? We're talking about guys who drove for Brad, not just random people you pulled out of a hat. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, I don't think Kwasniewski drew, drove for Brad. No, he's not. He was oh, a similar prospect to, to Terrio. So I think that should We're be... We're not talking about similar prospects. We're I know, but that, that guy, I didn't even remember that guy existed. Nope. The only reason I probably would forget about Austin Terrio if I didn't have an Austin Terrio diecast. <laughs> Is it the Ruby Tuesday one? No, it's in the Xfinity one for the Junior Motorsports car, the five. He drove back. Jeez. 
I feel like, dude, I feel like I get hit in the head every day harder and harder because I just, there's things that I like know I should remember and I don't. Didn't know it, didn't know it existed until I bought it. No, like I knew, like I, I knew it cool. happened at the time, but I didn't realize it today. It's so weird. Um, no, I was going to ask you guys about RFK running so well, and I'm not just putting it like on this side, but like they hired David Smith, um, who had a motorsports analytics podcast. That's what it was called motorsports analytics. And they hired him on to be like a strategy analytics guy because they care deeply about that. And they think it's a thing that they can get an edge against the rest of the field for. And I mean, before the nine top 10 stat, before I knew that it's a little different question, but do you guys think because Richmond is such a strategy oriented track and how the race is set up with the stages and everything, do you think that's why it was a RFK race to win? Because a lot of the passing and a lot of how you advance through the field is based on strategy. No, I mean, I mean considering we had 28 cars run the same strategy, essentially. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what we talked about is, like, Richmond is always a strategy race, but it's always, like, the same strategy. So it's really, like, everybody kind of knows. So, I, I mean, I think you hire somebody to look at the data of that, and it can definitely be a benefit. Um, and you use that to your advantage, of course, but you just can't – those cars were fast. And that, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's the reason that they were up there was because those cars – I mean, Busher – where did Busher start? Uh, I don't even remember. I, I, I thought it was a truck series, but I'm not really sure. It was mid pack. Okay, but yeah, no, I mean it was deep in the it was deeper in the field, and uh, I, it was either like early 20s or like 17th or like somewhere right in there. And so, I mean, he made his way through there at Richmond, nonetheless, where like 26 easiest 26. So uh, even deeper than I thought, and. You know, so he definitely had a, a, a super fast car to get through there. Especially being at Richmond to go from 26 to win the thing. Like, and I think a part of that too, like, stri like not strategy, but making the right adjustments because mm -hmm. clearly the Toyotas were the cars to beat. And then there was like halfway period where all of a sudden, like something flipped and RFK made the right adjustments. That, yeah. over, that right. basically surged past them. Only two, also, only two Toyotas finished in the top ten, and at one point they were running like one, two, three. Yeah, I know yeah. that too, because like mid middle of the first stage or close to the end of it, it was all Toyotas, and then two Hendrick Chevys, and then I think Kevin Harvick was seventh or sixth. And by the end of stage two, it had completely flopped, completely. And the Here's, floor, another, and so thing. Wanna... Here's another thing I want to point out, too, just while we're on the topic of starting positions and, and moving forward. Busher started 26th and one. Joey Logano started 23rd and finished fourth. Eric Almirola finished eighth and started 24th. And Chase Briscoe started 20th and finished 11th. Like, you don't pass at Richmond. Kyle Busch said it very, very clear a few years ago. Can't pass there. And these guys are are proving that to be a little bit more uh, based on the their their fast and Ford's found something because those are all Ford drivers. And I want to point out too, besides that late race caution, we only had the two stage cautions, so they were doing all that passing under the green conditions, obviously except for those stages. Right. 
Yeah, it's something. Um, they're doing a, uh, a test, a tire test there, or is it a complete? I think it's a car yeah. test. Technically. It's both. They're doing a tire test tomorrow, and they were doing the the um, body test today. They're experimenting with ride height. I don't know if you saw that those photos of Harrison Burton's car, but I mean, there's people that are yeah, like, this is not. This is not, all I know is this is not the answer. Was the popular comment under that photo? Um, but I, I, I'm kind of at this point, I don't care how goofy they look, just make them race good. And I didn't think Richmond was bad. I like a strategy race. You have to be, you know, in front of the TV for four hours and invested. And I think that's kind of a negative, but I like that aspect at the same time being like a hardcore fan. Um, what do you guys think? Did you like it? I, I'm going to leave this to, to like Josh. <laughs> I mean, for, I'll, I'll get on here and defend it. Well, for it's kind of a tough question in my mind. I think it the the hardcore fans. It's right up their alley because it's a good look for the sport. Essentially, to kind of have people stay invested in it, but it's not going to keep the casuals around. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I, here's my thing: is I, how much if if you're kind of like the old school casual, how much do we want you around? And I'm always gonna say like, I'm I'm never gonna say we don't want you watching NASCAR, but it's just a point of like, how much do we really want to cater to the 40s plus white man? compared to you know more of like an average person like well can i ask that in a, in a return question yeah do you think that it's that it's the newer fan though like the younger the t mid to late 20s kind of person who's just getting into the sport that's turning it off versus the guy who's in the 40s turning it off well, and that's the that's where the people that make a lot more money than I do to study that stuff need to figure that out. Um, I, I think it's I think it's you're going to have a mixture of both. Um, judging off of what's said online, it's a lot of that older group that is turning it off. They say, but we don't know if they actually are. Um, and it's it's like you just you have to have that fine blend you know you want and i think that's what nascar has been trying to do lately is they're trying to make it exciting for everyone so if you're a hardcore race fan you're going to be interested if you're kind of a casual person you're going to be interested if you want to go there because there's a, a party with the race happening you know they're they're trying to make it more of an event too so they're, they're just they're trying to get everybody interested um at, at least at some level yeah and when i was talking to uh sorry i'm gonna name drop and just sound braggadocious i'm not trying to be when i was talking to the penske uh corporation ceo uh bud denker he told me he's he said you'll never hear me uh say the words race or race weekend or anything like that it's an event and that's how we are putting it on. It's not a race, you're going to an event. There happens to be a race there, uh, but we wanna focus on how to make it 
cool, special, and better for all the people that come to it. And that's what they've done at Iowa for IndyCar Weekend. That's what they did with their street race in Detroit. And I know he had a big hand uh, to play in that. And it's IndyCar did it as a team, as a team effort. But you are kind of moving to this model that every race, there's an event going on, especially if you're in like a quote unquote, a major. Um, and I've started kind of using that to describe some of these races to the more casual fans that don't understand like this race is bigger than the others and it's like the toughest thing i have to explain to people because i can't just be like yeah it's a 9.3 out of 10. it's one of those nine out of teners like very very exciting uh moments and racing coming and a lot of prestige behind it you, you just don't have those like stats on like a baseball card to give to somebody right so it, when you have a race there's obviously an event going on um but to like wrap it back into richmond stuff like you have to figure out if this is working or not and it didn't sound like there was a great crowd there i think that also plays in part of two two races a year being at one one facility yeah move one to iowa it's the same damn shape you but here's the thing too so not only is there two at richmond but then you also think about how many other cup tracks are within the same area. So, you know, that definitely plays a yeah. part too. Look at, look at where they've just been. You're at Pocono who, I mean, if, if you're like us in the Midwest, that's within range. If you're, were, if you were to drive a, a map for some of the tracks, right? So like being in Iowa gateway is a, a reasonable event to go to, uh, you know, Kansas is a reasonable e event to go to. Chicago is a reasonable event to go to. And those are all six hours at max. Some are, some are four, you know, depending on where you're at, right? Same thing kind of being talked about, like you're mentioning, with all the tracks that are in that area, that Virginia, Martinsville, Richmond, kind of that not upper northeast, but in that northeastern portion of the United States, there's just a lot of tracks and they all just happen to be like right near at the same time. Right. Cause that's so Richmond, you have two races plus then you've got Bristol that has two races. You've got Martinsville that has two races. Charlotte has two races plus the all-star race. That's nine right in right in that area and that's not even venturing out to you know say the poconos and you know like so yeah it's it's are you referring to it as in past tense as in like the all-star race and you can still count north wilkesboro being in the charlotte area well yeah well okay are yeah saying I, guess... I need less there because i like i do think like that's kind of where nascar and where it was kind of founded and where it grew. Like, I, I don't think you need to take too many events away from them, but as far as Richmond specifically goes, I wouldn't mind seeing it lose a race for another short track, particularly Iowa. Yeah, I mean, that's just something that needs to be analyzed. I mean, I'm not saying you take, you, you cut it in half or anything like that, because ultimately, I mean, you look at the TV markets and you look at where your hardcore fan base is for NASCAR, it's that area. So you're not, you know, you don't want to just pack up and leave that area, but you also have to look at it and say, okay, you know, a fourth of your schedule is in that area. So it's sometimes no wonder why you're struggling. 
I think the other part too is, you know, they tried to move it and they moved out of that area and went to Texas and now look at us, right? They, we tried to move it, went to California and now they're going to implode that place. You know, it's, there's just so much that when they tried to move, it didn't necessarily pan out, but on the same token, we saw what happened at North Wilkesboro. Yes, they brought it back. I understand it. It's a resurrection, but the crowd showed up in 96 and the crowd showed up in 23. So um, you, you see that. I think, I just think if you limit those tracks to one race per year, then you're going to see bigger crowds in the stands just naturally. Right. Cause that's, that's the thing is when, if you have one, it, like if you have a cup race at Iowa, obviously the first couple years, it's going to be super big, you know, stuff like that. But then if you give them two, you know, what's, if you have one in May and you have one in August, if, you know, I'm looking at my schedule, I'm going to go, well, I, I know there's one in August, so I, I don't have to go to the one in May. And, you know, that, that makes a much different. You have a lot of people doing kind of that sort of thing rather than, you know, if it's just in May, you're going to say, listen, grandma, I can't come to your funeral because I'm going to the cup race at Iowa Speedway. Cause How the hell are you going to tell your grandma that from beyond the grave? <laughs> missed the joke on that one but that's what i mean when they announced that they were having the the modified the iowa speedway which unfortunately never happened but i i mean i immediately told them i'm my family and friends like don't count on me being anywhere else i'm going to that race because that's a unique thing if you you know two richmond races a year you say oh i don't have to go to this one i'll just go to the next one because you know, I know there's going to be plenty of opportunity for that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, we don't even need to do a hypothetical to show that. I think when NASCAR came to Iowa Speedway originally and um, they moved from one Xfinity race, which sold out its first couple of years to two, it kind of put the crowd in half and it wasn't a must go to weekend anymore. It was a track that was a track and had three, four weekends a year uh, that they would host events. And it's like the dirt track. When I, when I say like all these tracks are moving to this big race model, it's having three to four race weekends a year and selling the crap out of them. It's much easier to pr promote four big races than it is the same drivers and the same cars racing every Saturday night at the racetrack. As you know, some people might not want to hear that. They love that aspect of it. And I get, it can feel like a country club and a family of all your friends coming together every week at this one specific little racetrack. But if you want that everywhere, I mean, you are rose colored glasses, very blind right now. Uh, and the way that it's moving towards is the three, four weekend deal. And it, it honestly, if more tracks had that model, we'd all be watching more racing and we'd all be watching more different disciplines and stuff like that. Josh, I think is laughing at me or something else. Uh, but next topic yeah, after this. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all like it's moving that way because it does work. What, sputtered the progression at Iowa Speedway was never getting that eventual cup race that frankly they were I wouldn't say they were promised but NASCAR said like we're gonna buy the track and don't worry it's not gonna get lost or anything like that and goddamn they should thank hy V and IndyCar because if it weren't for them NASCAR would have lost it and drove it into the ground and they refuse to sell it now so I think Iowa Speedway on multiple disciplines has deserved that 
getting a cup race. I would love to take a Richmond race away to give it to Iowa. Give us the playoff race, actually. Screw Richmond. I'm so far past like even it's not like richmond at night looks really cool and we run it in the middle of the damn afternoon because of tv ratings and i get it but it just looks like crap it just doesn't it's like the 35th most exciting race on the schedule to the casual fan and i still enjoyed it i don't hate the race at all but if you're telling me like the option is two richmond races or one at richmond and one at iowa then give me iowa all day long obviously you guys go and I, I want to just throw this in. I missed it. I was on a recruiting call, but um, Tyler, your, your, your recruiting calls are very short. How do you do that? Because I told them I was, uh, I oh, was hell yeah. Okay. So next um, time, just take it by the way. I'd rather I did. Okay. No, I did, right. but I still have to, I got to call back here in a little bit. Anyway, um, you're talking about Richmond at night. Do you think because of the success that the night races have had on Sunday, we might see that happen eventually again? I hope so. You know, I want NASCAR to go more towards that. I don't, dude, everyone else. I don't want to see Sunday night races necessarily. I'm not promoting Sunday night races, but if there's tracks that are close to the Charlotte area, like Richmond is a close, decent drive for teams that they can be, be there and back in a day. You hear them talk about it all the time that they're there and back in a day. I think, that is a candidate for a night race. What do we do during football season? All these people, and I, I found this out living in a fraternity. All these people flood to the basement on Sunday around seven o'clock to see Carrie Underwood up there, who did not sing this song at Iowa Speedway. I'm so pissed about it, but she does her little Sunday night football theme song, and you watch a football game between two teams that you don't necessarily care about at all. Um, and you might have some fantasy players on there, but more than likely you're just going to watch Dak Prescott throw three interceptions and the Cowboys are going to lose by two. Like same, same thing every week. And usually it's not your team, but everyone sits down to watch it and it gets monster ratings. It's probably the biggest TV slot of the week uh, during the summer is Sunday nights. And the fact that NASCAR for years would only race on Saturdays because Monday's a school day or something, or Monday's a work day, and you don't want to race Sunday night, I'd much rather have Sunday night than Saturday night because of how much is going on elsewhere Saturday night specifically. I mean, ask Kyle Busch, get him on here, because he knows something. I mean, he even said, he goes, I would much rather race at night here, but I get it. So, yeah, I don't those comments alone make me feel like it's i, I just they, don't think they've they tested out the sunday night tv slot because for like two years they like nascar executives would comment on on air or on the record uh it's better phrasing there um that like we want to try the midweek thing out and see how it does and they tried it over covid and it sucked they never tried sunday nights i never got that i never understood that and i know like covid everyone was home anyway so you're kind of getting misrepresented numbers from that time period so i don't i'm not faulting them for not trying it there i'm faulting them for it not being a more prevalent thing with how seriously like you have a night race people's chances of liking the race go up by like 30 percent. i'm not even i think, the, funny I think the only i think the only answer though is you're gonna have to run at in the summer because there's no way a, yeah, you're you know, not going to take the you're not going to take the Sunday night. You're not. I'm not saying going against Sunday night football. I'm saying the summer months like now, and then in the early portion of the season, you're there are people that quite frankly are interested in baseball, and so a lot of them watch Sunday night baseball at the beginning of the season. 
They don't necessarily care who's playing. It's just like Sunday night football. But a lot of people, a lot of sports fans watch Sunday night baseball early in the year. Then when their team starts to suck, kind of like mine does, you don't really give a shit about baseball. You start worrying about other things that go along with it. Hey, who's this Jose Cuervo guy we just got from the Royals? Uh, I don't know. He's not very good. What? He came in the other day, gave up two runs. So Cubs fans are dancing on this. Yeah, well, he's. I just love. I just love that we're buying. Back to back to what we're going with here. Yeah. All right, that's fine. I, I won't got anything. two more things. If and unless anybody's got anything else on this, I've got two more things I kind of want to hit on. Josh, did you? Uh, I know. Go, Caleb. You go, Caleb. What is that? It's an Adley Rutschman uh, jersey. He's a catcher for the for the Orioles. Josh is catching his lightning in a bottle for one year. No, correct. I just think you think every Royals player sucks. This well, is right the first now, year he's actually cared about baseball. So, like, Damon, what about Jorge Soler? What about him? You think he sucks? Not the year that he hit like nine thousand home runs for the Royals. I they prefer to just say yes. I was just going to tell you that he'd beat your ass, but that's kind of true for any <laughs> anyone in the league. All right, you can go ahead, Caleb. Okay, so I want everybody's opinion at this point. Now he's down to forty points out. Is Chase? I Elliott was gonna bring this up, you goober. <laughs> I saw is it on Chase Jenny's Elliott, podcast. <laughs> is Chase Elliott going to make the playoffs? How many races are left again? Four. Four races. Ten points a race. Go get your stage points and we'll drive away into the sunset. Yeah, but that's also meaning everybody ahead of him doesn't finish the race. I was talking about this on Twitter yesterday. I don't know how the hell it's going to happen, but Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott, and Alex Bowman could all make the playoffs and are all – I think Bubba's technically in on the points right now. Um, and I don't think I don't think they'll get past it. But I think sure as hell Chase Elliott's going to outrace Michael McDowell. Bubba Wallace is plus 54. Yeah, that's, I'm saying he's in, he's in right now. I said they're not going to catch yeah. Bubba Wallace, but I think Chase Elliott can outrace – I think if if you look and you say no, Chase Elliott can't point his way in, you're crazy. Because I mean, he can pull off that deficit really in one race, but yeah. more than likely, you know, that's not gonna happen. But I mean, you look at what Bubba Wallace has done in the last couple weeks, he's gone from like plus zero to plus fifty-six and I know Josh is all mad you're because stealing, also, you're stealing all of this, and I had it all planned out. I, I also <laughs> just dumped it off to you, dude. Josh. Josh, just start talking. Say what you were gonna say. <laughs> it's the same thing Denny said. The same thing <laughs> no, Denny Hamlin said is the, that's that's who you're referencing here. There's a lot of people it's, it's, out there that don't want to hear what Denny Hamlin has. It's spot on right now. It's word for word for what Caleb is saying is what Denny said in the podcast. He's not not quite, but no. But if you look at it, there people were saying Chase couldn't make it because yes. oh he stayed at 60 points for a couple races, but he just wasn't having good races. Once he starts putting those in, which by the way we have some road courses coming up. Once he starts doing that, he he's easily. Really, I mean, he's not doing his own well, Oh, you guys, that, you guys intercepted your words there so perfectly. I have no clue what either of you said. <laughs> Usually, you can kind of hear one or the other, and then you can listen back and hear the other one. But I, you got to say that again because Hamlin also commented on the road courses. But yeah, it's, he's really it's, fucking good at road courses, is what Danny Hamlin said. So Chase Elliott hasn't won a road course next gen race yet. Oh, so he, yeah, he just sucks. Okay. Oh, yeah. He just I'm not sucks. saying he sucks. You guys, you guys, guys got to stop leaping. 
Yes, so guys. Oh. The hardcore Chase Elliott fan just said he sucks at road courses. All right. Yeah, that's it. Somebody, but Chase's people know that we'll be blocking our numbers. And where where did Chase finish this past weekend? I think he was thirteenth, fourteenth. Yeah, thirteenth. He, he was the so highest finishing Chevy, I think. Right? Was he? No, he was not. Kyle Busch was the highest finishing Chevy. He finished. Ah. Uh, and then Austin so, Dillon finished ninth. Oh. Chase Elliott finished 13th. So Chase finished 13th, and he still made up 20-some points on that cut line. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have to go out and do stellar. He's just got to put together solid days, and it's easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. Are you, uh, are, you, are you doing an – are we baking an I told you so cake for the people that said there's no way that Chase Elliott is going to be – my this can be my Joseph Newgarden panic button, and it also doubles as the "I told you so" button. Like, I well, I want I want in on this button. We should co-own this because I was saying this. I was screaming at my phone when Jordan Bianchi was like, "There's no way Chase Elliott could get in." I'm not hating on Jordan. I love what he does and what Jeff does. I religious listener to their show right after he gets over on Sundays. Um, but like, yeah, there's a lot of doubt from people that he could point his way back into it. And now it's looking like that might be the case rather than a win, which I'm shocked by. Um, and I'm very interested to see how these last four races go. And I love that Daytona is the regular season championship because it's that aspect of, you know, anything could happen tonight. That's what I was about to say. If he doesn't go and win either one of those two road courses or he can win at Michigan, he's good there too. Hold on. I've been told Michael McDowell, who has one career top five at a road course, is a very good road course racer. That's what I've been told. So I just I think he's got like six top, top tens though. He is a good road course racer. He's got like six top tens. Always Oh, six top tens. That's exciting. He's always at the front with a car that's trash. Let's say like a hundred career starts at road courses. What it's is a Hendrick car and a front row car. Yeah. Yeah. And they're finishing exactly about the same, except Chase Elliott finishes the job. Chase Elliott took like six weeks off and is basically at the same level. It's all Here's good. Here's the deal, though. You go, you, if he doesn't win either one of those two road courses, makes he's all gonna, this ground up. He's going to Benedetto someone into the wall at Daytona. You go to Daytona and blow it at Daytona because somebody else Fs up. That wouldn't be him blowing it though. That that's like what we're getting. That we know we know exactly what we're getting. So you can't treat it like it's the same race. You you have a wild card at the end. But does he make the playoffs? I, th- well, I think he does. I like. I don't think he, he doesn't. But he doesn't. You're, he doesn't you're asking me if, someone, if he doesn't win and someone wrecks him at Daytona early and he doesn't win, he does not make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you're, you're asking me. You're asking me if the bomb's going to go off and a wild card wreck is going to happen that takes Chase Elliott out and gives Michael McDowell any chance to earn points. And if that happens before the end of stage one or something like that, it, Michael McDowell could gained 60 points on Chase Elliott there. So if you're asking if he's going to be 60 points ahead in the next three races, I don't think so. Counteractive to that, Blaney got caught up in some mischief last year, still made it. What? No, say that again. <laughs> you're saying oh, mischief? I did. No, but that's the thing. With like, they, but the, the, the angle that I come at it is he – has a very good chance like he has full ability to make the playoffs now if i'm saying it's gonna happen like i'm i'm all but i don't i don't think you I'm can so... sit and say 
it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. I just think the only way that you can look at it right now objectively is you say the, the opportunity is fully there. Now, if he runs like he did, you know, the last couple races before Richmond, it's probably not going to happen. But if he runs like how he was at Richmond, it's a very good chance. And then of course, too, you know, you can go to Daytona. He could be plus 10 and then wreck out, you know, like it's, but when you get to Daytona, if you wreck out, you can't say, oh, well, if I wouldn't have wrecked out at Daytona, you have to go and say, if I wouldn't have been suspended, if I would have won a road course, if I would have finished better at these string of races. You just, you know, the first thing you referenced there was his suspension. Yes. Oh, yes. That it was his. It was completely in his hands. It was purely his actions. It's That's the first thing injured, you control. Getting injured is one thing. That happens, but I do like that you didn't include that. And I was going to let you talk to see if you did for the slam dunk of ranting. Well, I mean, it's that's uncontrollable in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Missing out on a, a, you know, getting suspended, that's missing out on a whole because if you think about it, you know, if he doesn't miss that race, 60 points. Yeah, you can assume he would have done decent, and that's. You know the the picture. It's a four stage race. Well, is there is there a racetrack in the Cup Series schedule that you would go into the race saying Chase Elliott has no shot to win this? That's left or throughout the entire season. Throughout the entire season, I I don't think there is one. And there's like that. That's true for at least twelve to thirteen guys in the series, right? Like so. Any yeah, I agree. Like you, you got suspended for a race, and that sucks. And that's. You know, you're paying the piper now um, because you could have had that race to rectify your season. And if you miss the playoffs, it's going to look really, really bad on those sponsors. So best believe those guys are going to be out there chasing stage points the next few weeks. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just, that's what you got to do. So like the opportunity is very easily there for him to do it. It's just a matter of if they can do it. And if, if you can't, you just have to look at it and you say, well, there was about 15 different things in the reason why, you know, we didn't make it this year. I mean, here's the guy that he's chasing. Michael McDowell has one top five and 22 starts. Chase has five and 15. Like that's a self-inflicted wound on Chase's part. And we're missing kind of a also big picture here. Is there are two road courses who is 17th in the points? AJ. That's also a big factor you have to put into consideration. What did you guys then- think of him skipping cup practice and qualifying to race Xfinity? Caleb had a, you had this take, right? That he has more fun racing Xfinity and that's why I mean, he's he doing said it. it. He said it before. Yeah, he's I mean it's it's pretty well known that like he I just is, didn't want to misquote him by the way. That's why I framed it like that. So. Yeah, I mean I don't think it was a quote and they did the broadcast did mention at the beginning of the year this was a planned thing. It was planned for him to do that. They didn't realize he was going to be so close to the cutoff, you know, when when it came around to this time, but it was a planned thing. Yeah, so I think I was them I'd assume he'd have three road course wins right now. I'm not. Sh- I'm not joking at all. That's if I put AJ Allmendinger in a race car for a full Cup Series season, I would assume he won at least one road course race before the playoffs started. 
Well, but the, here's the thing too is you, you don't even know what colleague was thinking like colleague could have thought oh well we might have a road course win by now but colleague might also be surprised and be thinking well crap we're more competitive than we thought yeah this far. yeah like we didn't know we were going to get this far we thought we would be 21st like so it's it's hard to tell but them saying that it was a planned deal the whole time that that changes it a little bit but i I, I know that the grind of the Cup Series has gotten to Almendinger before, so it's going to be interesting to see if he's back next year to do the full schedule. I'm going to say yes, considering what happened with Justin Haley. Like, I think if, if Haley's there next year, then he might step back and go back to, to running in the uh, in the Xfinity, and they kind of flop him and Chandler Smith around. But because Haley's leaving, I think he almost has to stay at this point for another year. Yeah, I mean, he's really gonna, the only performance that that team has. It's going to be hard to find a replacement. I mean, because at this point, you're embedded in committing to two cars. Right. Well, yeah, I think AJ's, I mean, your closest thing to a veteran uh, mentor to have right? Like we've seen a lot of teams do that, you know, some for better or worse, but AJ's well, I mean, thing calling going to have that. I mean, how many years has Dinger raced in cup now? I mean, he's been around for a, a decent amount of time. Plus he's got a decent amount of stock car experience outside of his other racing experience. And he's good at the road courses. He's good at places like Martinsville. He's good. You know, there's a couple other oval tracks that he's, he just does really well on that's half your schedule. So, you know, you want a guy that, you, you know, want can a plate race. Yeah. I mean, obviously the plate races too. Yeah. It's, it's you're over half your schedule. You've got a guy who is, is solid. So that's a perfect dude to have to help out, you know, your younger guys. Yeah, absolutely. The only other thing I had, um, next week cup series is at Michigan, uh, before they go into the, uh, two road courses into, and that it sounds like the brickyard is going to come back next year. Um, on the oval, not the road course, which I I don't know why. It's my least favorite road course for sure. But I wanted to ask you guys about Michigan and what you thought of that racetrack. Because the only kind of saving grace I have to it is one of my best friends that kicked for the Barnstormers. Uh, his name is Jimmy Allen. Um, he's from Michigan and loves that racetrack and loves what they do. And it, I get a lot of the Iowa Speedway vibe from those guys, but I just don't know, like – Performance-wise, at the racetrack, if I'm really that excited to watch this Michigan, this car, this car fits intermediate tracks. That's it does, yeah, it's not, it's not going to suck or anything like that. I just don't know. Does it make an impact to you guys? What do you guys think of the current state of Michigan? I, I'll add this. I'm like your friend Jimmy. We, that's where my my racing roots really kind of got started. Was really okay. Had season tickets to that racetrack in the June when it was two races. The June race, we would go every year and it was a week-long trip we took campers out like that that's kind of where my my that was where i saw my first nascar race was at michigan um and, and so as far as sentimental value goes it's it's close in that sense but we've also seen some really good races at michigan even on the new pavement you know kyle larson went three wide through the middle to win a, a race there uh not too long ago 
you know, you, you've seen some good ones. And then like Josh alluded to is the fact that this car runs a lot better on intermediate tracks as well. So I think the state of the track is almost better than what it has been, especially since they went to one day. Yeah, that's fair. And I think we, I've said my one day take on here, right? Like, like for four to six race tracks. What did you say? You did earlier. Yeah, yeah you did. No, yeah, I'm saying in the grand scheme of like four to six race tracks, you have two races and that's it. But yeah, at some point this year, I said that. Um, we'll see. Michigan should be fun. Uh, I don't think it's going to suck or anything like that. So, uh, Josh, IndyCar is at Nashville this weekend. That's going to be their championship weekend next year. Yes. So this is going to be a lot of note taking for drivers and what to plan for. No, for next year. It's, the track is going to be different. The streets are the same. No, you, you no, can, no, 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 no. You no, can no. change the course layout, but you're not going to change the pavement. That's like, no, that's like saying Watkins Glen and Sonoma are the same racetrack. No, it's not. They're in two it's different the, things. It's the same pavement. That doesn't you're not matter. Changing it, the it, surface, it, it's gonna tear the tires the exact same way it did the race before. Right, but are you gonna have as many passing zones, or are you gonna have more? Are you that's have, not what I'm. That's not what I. Okay, I'm okay. Sorry, no, I miss. I misunderstood what you. You're talking specifically tire wise. Like you need to take tire wise, strategy okay. wise. You're saying cross rise. Yes. Um, no so need to get that mad at me, Josh. Jeez, <laughs> Caleb Junior over here. Oh, okay. Um, no, I think it's gonna be a big, a note taking weekend. Um especially for guys that I feel like that don't really have much to lose. Per example, Colton Herta, um, very good there per usual. And he is very much out of it this year, in my opinion. So I think next, this is kind of a, I fuck around and find out date for them. I, I don't know. That was, the best, that was the best way I could think of it. Yeah, I, I'm, my pick is New Garden. He's just going to go on and just continue this tear. Home track. It's He's also finished ninth. We're recording this live on Joseph New Garden Day in America. They didn't specify that it was just in Nashville. So every last day of July now, I'm going to celebrate Joseph New Garden's IndyCar career. I think I'm taking Polo. God damn it, I hope not. <laughs> I, 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 hearing the man talk in interviews and just like his personality, like out off the TV screen, being able to see it this past weekend, like I've kind of like grown more towards the side. I kind of like him. Yeah, it's he, the worst thing because you want to hate the guy uh, that wants to be an F1, that wants to go to Arrow McLaren, that signed a contract while under contract with this team he's at. And you're like, this guy's kind of a dickhead. He doesn't even want to race for Chip Ganassi. He doesn't know how good he has it. And every interview, yeah. Yeah, every interview, he's come off great. He hasn't said anything that he shouldn't. I don't know how the whole contract thing happened. I can't imagine that it was something he did that really screwed the entire thing up to the point that it got to. I assume he contributed a little bit. Obviously, that's some of it. Um, but like you want to not like him and you just can't cause he's really talented, good and very nice. And whereas like Pato award, I mean, man, that guy stinks. 
I'm just yeah. doing it, Josh. I agree. Josh is too mad. He can't even speak right now. Such a I don't really want to be an IndyCar but, or in F1, but he can't even win IndyCar over Alex Pillow. Come on, man. Okay, but what about Kurt, Colton Herta then? But the Andretti test driver? Yeah. Yeah. The McLaren test driver? That's right. The Andretti test driver? Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of test drivers over here lapping the field and everything. So, uh, did you guys watch F1 this week? I heard it sucked. No, I was not. I was not getting yeah. up at six thirty in the morning to yeah, watch it. All right, that was talking F one. Thanks, guys. Um, we have anything else? Or are we good? Yeah, real quick, like real short. But I want everybody's opinion on uh, Paul Tracy being suspended for from the For Fun League. It's about damn time. I hear you. When when that wraps off, up that segment. <laughs> when you piss off Ken Schrader. It's about damn time. Yeah. That's all I yeah, got. Schrader's, Schrader's quote was pretty great. And I, I mean, I think it's, it, it wasn't like the specific incident necessarily. I don't know how much on purpose it was, but it was just, it's a culmination and like it's time. And, and I get it. There's people saying like, Oh, well, you know, they're supposed to be beaten and banging and stuff, but there gets to a point where you're, you're just causing unnecessary you're, you're throwing loss. money into well, the this fire. is so Still, i guess tony short work on these cars i yeah. I, I heard tony short had to have like a meeting with the drivers to basically mm -hmm. talk about how they treat the race cars and how much work goes into preparing the 12 cars they have and people have talked about like oh we want more cars we want more of this and it's like no they don't need that right now you need like better fields and stuff like drivers like paul tracy and Haley deegan are not the resumes that you want there to make it in the IROC series. Haley Deegan missed the truck series playoff by 172 points. That in like 14 races or something so tiny. Like that what we're talking about her for truck. We're talking about her because I'm make I'm just about to set up a stupid yeah. hypothetical I have about Paul Tracy. But if I so about her. if I walk if I walk into um, the work, the office at Cyclone Fanatic over in Ankeny, and I'm swinging around a baseball bat connected to a shoestring and doing my thing, and I'm just wreaking havoc around the office, and then they bring in every employee connected to Cyclone Fanatic, and they say, guys, we can't be putting baseball bats on shoestrings and swinging them around in a circle. It's like, yeah, no shit. The only one doing that is Paul Tracy. Like... I mean, no, there's I, I Tony having his meeting. I mean, they there was a lot of people tearing up a lot of stuff, but it, a lot of that's just been hard racing where like Paul Tracy I, every year he's been in it. It it's he's every race there's an incident, and so yeah, I mean it just got to a point where one I saw he had he, more incidents than finishes or something like that. That is a fact. Yeah. I, and and it's it wasn't much different in IndyCar either, but um, there's there's a point where yeah, like you have to take safety into account and you have to take into account. I mean, it's really hard. After the first race, they said that they had to bring out two backup cars and nine of the twelve cars they had to do significant work on, and that's really hard when you have seven days to turn all of that around and get them to the next track. Not and, even seven days. Like, well, that, but that's what I'm saying is like, you have seven days to, to 
go from one build them and another. get them to the yeah and get them in the next track if well, only uh, if only they could put in an off week and not race at eldora during the knoxville nationals which is the dumbest damn thing for dirt racing oh here we go again Fucking with world. everything every, the world has to stop because there's a race going on in knoxville it's a top three motor race in the world and it's not three caleb Okay. 500 Knoxville Nationals Daytona 500. That's the order. That's I'm okay. looking by that. That's the Bible. That's the gospel at alwaysraceday.com. Sorry, dirt fans. No, you can't be doing that, Josh. <laughs> Everyone, do apologize to them, how much they hate them. I apologize in advance. And did you just split them off? Attendance matters. Oh, that's a different different finger. I apologize. You mean attendance matters? The race is sold out. Same with Daytona. And how, what's the capacity for Daytona to Knoxville? I mean, congrats. Like, it's the Daytona 500. I get it. Like, and that's how many why it's not higher. How many people watch it on, like, TV? That's not public. Anymore. How many people can watch it? Exactly, because people can't watch it. That that doesn't make the race any less big. Uh, anywho, but, yeah. Uh, now, so, I, I also am on... Put it, put it on fucking live television. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong here. We're getting into like side arguments that I'm going to say something that you guys are going to take the wrong way. But yeah. But yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see like who they replace him with. Johnny Benson. That's... Oh, that's right. They did announce that. Yep. 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 Johnny Benson so... in at Berlin, man, it's two years in a row that I'm going to be heading to the state of Michigan and Johnny Benson's going to be racing in the same, in that same week. <laughs> what a stat. I'm telling you what, man. <laughs> that's such a that's, great stat level. That's like that's that's, that's Rick Allen's stat, stat level, baby. It's so so much of like this is the fourth player to win on a Tuesday while wearing red shoes and score over twelve points. Dude, like <laughs> it's Rick Allen's stats. I'm telling you, just pull him out of nowhere. Stat. Yeah, I forgot they did announce that that he was going to be doing that. So um, that's that's good. That's a good you know like old legend to have well, and he's going he's going to the track where he and that's where he got his start so that that's how i found out is i was actually at a recruiting event in grand rapids michigan last year and i left one of the sh- uh, the segments early because i didn't have to be there for the later portion of it went over to berlin raceway and he was running a uh, super late model that night. And so it was pretty cool to, to see him. Well, then Jeff Striegel, who is the manager of it, but is also the head play-by-play for uh, MRN, he um, was going through some of the different things about Johnny and why you know why it's such a big deal. Well, that's the track that Johnny Benson got his start on. So that's pretty cool to see him get into into that car. And kind of brings back that hometown hero thing Caleb was talking about too. It, it does. I didn't mean to cut you off or anything there. And I, no, I did forget. That's, that's the truth. It's, it is the truth. Like I'm, I'm, at, I'm glad that they went with Johnny Benson. There's a lot of people they could have put in that car, but I'm glad it was Johnny that they chose. By the way, uh, last night, World of Outlaws race, Dave Blaney on the podium. Legend. Good stuff. Good stuff. Dale Blaney, top 10. Also, he got ninth. Dang. We, we, I was going to say, we, good on that because i the thing i was laughing about earlier i forgot to mention um the video that caleb sent with the uh, onboard of deegan's incident with vargas um dean thompson is currently the top comment on it with shocker five exclamation marks <laughs> <laughs> I, that one 
that one almost even looks intentional. Like I'm a Dean man. Thompson fan. That's no, I love Dean Thompson. I'm gonna go buy a shirt tomorrow. He's a good I'm, personality. I'm to like him more and more because yeah, he he definitely just calls it as he sees it, and he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. Do we want to finish it with the John Hunter Nemechek comment? Yeah, is, is no, we need to talk. You guys wanted to talk about that. What did he say? I didn't even see this. He said, "Why have enemies when you have teammates?" Yeah, they were. They that were sounds like about, JRM's motto. They yeah, they were asking about it at the end of the race and uh, him getting kind of hit around by his teammates a little bit. And yeah, he goes, "Why have why have enemies when you have teammates?" And then he walked away. <laughs> I hope that people pay attention to him and give him a cup ride. Um, not that. He had one, and they took yeah, a plane home. I mean, like, not that, like, his stats <laughs> this year are going to represent that, but he's a better driver than – the truck series is, like, ARCA premium, um, just in terms of how many wreckers there are in the field these days. And I just – I don't know. I just feel like it's even harder to do well in the truck series with all the carnage going on. Don't say that, because that's the, that's the reason Haley Deegan fans are saying she needs to be in Xfinity who's causing the carnage is the question i pose to them <laughs> earlier not- in her career you could say that but like right now it doesn't look like that whatsoever and it's it, it, when it comes at the expense of like a guy that's like not there and hasn't made it like ryan vargas like yeah, it looks he, really fucking bad on you dude. he also um, has more incidents than finishes <laughs> well her brother her brother's winning motocross races uh almost every week in the 250 class and then referenced andrew tate in his uh post-race interview last week so oh no <laughs> It's uh, hey, you know, it's not every day you get a driver referencing a convicted uh, human trafficker in Romania. Oh, uh, let's get a nice interview. We need we need to not say anything too bad about him because we want more of that. We really like it. Let's keep it. Let's keep in mind though, this is the same family that in 2020 um, was going off about how COVID wasn't real and it was a hoax and all that stuff, but then would say, "Hey, you can, time out. You can say this, but I can't do my Tucker Carlson impression." Listen to where I'm going. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. The, it was that family that was saying COVID is a hoax, but also click the link in my bio and get a Haley Deegan face mask. Like, what? Wait, what, what is the marketing what are you talking about? She was getting the masks that you put on your face yeah. clear or make your skin better yes. quality, I suppose. That's crazy. No, not like no what? the COVID mask. Oh Christ! Oh, everyone sold those. We have reached the point of the show where it's time. Connor, to you completely just didn't even listen to anything I just said. And you're shocked. What? Oh, screw off, Dean. I'm trying to listen the best I can. You? Oh, you're fucking ten seconds behind the damn live stream here. I, <laughs> like I thought you said that she was selling face masks. So you're you're talking about everyone sold the COVID masks. Like there's Iowa State COVID masks. I know, but that wasn't my masks. point. Oh, okay. Point your point, was, okay. Your point was because they said going real, against their beliefs, but then they're also selling the masks to make money. Okay, I see what you're saying now. It wasn't real, but then they were saying, "Hey, buy our our mask to prevent COVID." Like, I feel like a giant just, dickhead for interrupting that in the middle. My bad. God, you have no I was patience. trying to protect you. I was like, "Where is he going with this? This could be really bad." You have a mute button too. <laughs> Brian Deegan Brian Deegan was a great monster truck driver and obviously uh 
Hayden, Deegan, is talented. I don't know why I just missed that. Yeah, I'll mute myself next time. Uh, do we got anything else? <laughs> we'll no, we'll see you guys at one forty-one. We'll be at the the headquartered spot in Knoxville for uh, Nationals at that point, and I might be on a hot spot so Caleb can get me back uh, for whatever the hell I say on that episode. But uh, we'll be back with you guys. Um, some point uh i haven't hammered out my schedule uh let alone everyone else's but we'll let you know uh just check our twitter feed and everything and we'll, we'll let you guys know what's going on and uh where you can find us where you can listen to us so appreciate you all for following along and uh can't wait for the uh best damn 10 days of the year coming up in knoxville iowa here